Hey, podcast fam, what is up? Today on the show, we have Wendy Wiggs, the founder and owner of PRP Regeneration Specialists. Wendy is passionate about helping people achieve their best life and solve the need to offer alternative treatments for joint and tendon pain. Many people do not want or need surgery and do not want to take medications long-term for joint pain, tendonitis, and muscle strains. Wendy decided to become a specialist in PRP treatments so people could get back to doing the things that they love as quickly as possible and receive these treatments locally. In this episode, we dove into a whole bunch of great stuff. How does she balance the time between being a practitioner and a business owner, the importance of limiting costs, setting those boundaries with friends when they are also your patients, her biggest lesson learned since she started. We also talk about Google reviews and making it easy for your customers. And it was a fantastic episode. Let's go. You are listening to WHOA Podcast, coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the WHOA GNV Podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. Almost like it's like becoming a game now. It it's is. like, whoa. I, I, try to, I try to give you a different whoa every time. <laughs> Mostly it's just the Joey Lawrence whoa. Dude, man, how are you? Dude, it's, the episode releases in October, so we've made it to the last quarter. Q4, yeah. here we are. Dude, we're going to make it through. Everybody's going to make it through. We're going to be just fine. we got three months to go. Like, let's the do home this. home stretch. <laughs> the home stretch of 2020. I mean, I think everybody's just being super optimistic, just like really hoping. There's just a lot of hope that 2021 is going to be a lot better for everybody. Right. <laughs> Am I right? That's Yeah, well, I mean, that's true. Yeah. Cheer, cheers to any businesses out there. If, if, if you have a chance to not take a loss this year then then the home stretch is here i mean well done because i think if if you could look back on everything that's happened this year i mean we've been through a lot so yeah if you're still alive and kicking you you deserve something what would you say is your biggest business lesson of 2020 i you know i think that it's i don't want this to sound the wrong way but i think that sometimes you can believe that something like covid wouldn't happen, you know? Mm. And, you know, the, the likelihood of it happening, you, you don't consider it, and you just, you know, catch yourself with the proverbial pants down. You're, you're just not prepared for a situation like that. And I think on the flip side of this, um, like I said, if you're thankful enough to have persevered through this, you're gonna be running business a lot differently than you did before this in case anything like this ever happens again. Yeah. I would say adaptability. Yeah. The, the ability to like really, you know, just pivot like so quick. You know, that was like one of the big words, especially when we were doing the coronavirus right. sessions is like, oh, you gotta pivot, you gotta pivot, you gotta, <laughs> everybody was pivoting, right? But like seriously, the, just the ability to adapt to what's gonna happen next. And and I think that's what's, you know, even look, going back to back to school time for us when we're looking at, okay, what, is the University of Florida gonna open up or are they not gonna open up? Do we need to hire more team members? Do we not need to hire team? You know, it was mm -hmm. just, just being able to really flex uh, during those times was was critical for us, and so I guess that's my biggest lesson: is be adaptable, people. Be yeah. adaptable. I'm sure everybody's tired of talking about COVID and all the impacts too, but yeah, you know, well, there's a lot of lessons to be learned. And again, I think you know, if there's one thing that I can really you know, reflect on again, like, and I, I know this has gotten brought up a couple times is really the, the fact that we were all in it together. Right. Like I can't remember anything that has impacted, you know, every business, every person, you know, in some way. Right. And I don't know. That, that was just a very unique aspect to it, I guess. For sure. Anyway, moving right along. Right. You guys, we want to remind you that we have these Gainesville, Florida t-shirts available. Um, hopefully by the time this episode releases, there's still some available because we're recording a few weeks in advance. Um, but we printed 150 of these and just this beautiful logo. Again, this was a collaboration with Caroline Staninsky who was on the show, just a, a lettering artist, absolutely incredible talents. 50% of the proceeds are gonna go to her and the other half are gonna go to us in terms of just, but just gonna help us fuel this show. Keep, keep plugging along. So definitely go to whoagnv.com, click the shop link, and it'll take you there as well as like all of our other swag. You can check it out there as well. So definitely buy your Gainesville swag, y'all. That shirt is definitely in one of my like rotations now. Like I, yeah. I kind of like I have a closet full of shirts, and I pick the same five, and that's one of the five now. 
Well, really and it's like it. the super soft, right? Right. It's That's like why I mean, the soft you can't go wrong. Like the best. So anyway, let's get in today's show. Are you ready, Mike? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Today I on the show. Something today. <laughs> you, I, I know you. I, I feel like this is gonna be one that you really like, just yeah. in terms of like, I don't know. You're just one of those guys. Science background. <laughs> yeah, 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 science, yeah. So today on the show, we have Wendy Wiggs, the founder and owner of PRP Regeneration Specialists. Wendy, welcome to our show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. We're excited to have you and to dive right in. So we always like to share the story first, right? Like, you know, we're always fascinated with why people are doing what they're doing today <laughs> and how long the journey's been. So kind of take us back to, to this journey and where it started for you. Yeah, I grew up in Gainesville, actually. My family moved up uh, to Gainesville from Miami when I was in the eighth grade. And um, I actually went to Oak Hall. Um, and I graduated from Oak Hall and had 19 in my graduating class. So it was very small back then. And my parents thought that I would make a great nurse. So they enrolled me in the Santa Fe nursing program unbeknownst to me. Uh, so I, I graduated and I didn't have a summer off. I went straight into nursing school and it was a fast track program at that time. Um, so in a year and a half, I had my RN degree at the age of 19 and um, I was out on my own. And so I started working in various fields of nursing um, from cardiac to dermatology. I actually helped start the Mo Skin and Cancer Clinic here in Gainesville, Florida for the University of Florida. And um, I worked in the ICU at Shands for six years and MICU. So I think, you know, all that background in nursing kind of drove me to the passion of wanting to do more for my patients. Um, as an RN, you know, you are somewhat limited and you can't order Tylenol without a doctor's order. And uh, so after about 25 years in nursing, I just decided I didn't want to do floor nursing for the rest of my life just because I knew I was getting older and it's very Rigorous. I mean, the, the time, 12-hour shifts, and um, the physical and mental ability that it takes to run those shifts is, is hard as you get older. So I really had to look to the future. I decided to become a nurse practitioner. At the time, we were actually living in Lakeland. My husband's a baseball coach uh, now for, the univers uh, for Santa Fe Community College, but he did play at the University of Florida in 1988 and 89. Um, so anyways, we moved a lot for his career, and so we were, ended up down in uh, Lakeland, and I went to University of South Florida, and, and uh, it took me about five years, actually, to get my graduate degree in nursing, but I fell in love with it, and um, it really was my passion coming out of nurse practitioner school to really make a difference or make an impact in people's lives and really look on focusing on prevention and health and wellness versus disease and sickness, and... Um, so that's kind of what's driven my passion when we moved back up here because he got the job at Santa Fe, which is amazing because we always want to get back to Gainesville and raise our three daughters here, which we were able to do. Um, we really found that um, you know things just kind of fell into place for us and I got a job uh, first working in urology as a nurse practitioner and then I quickly, after about six months, transitioned into working into a private gynecology office for about eight years. And uh, that was great, really good experience, and I really started bringing in um, primary care to the women that I was taking care of in gynecology and really had a passion for helping people get as healthy as possible. And I did advanced lipid panels and you know, really above and beyond what you might normally get from a gynecology office. Um, but after a while, I just decided that I felt like there was something more in my life that I was, I've always wanted to own my own business. And actually, when I was working at the gynecology office, I started a um, nutrition panel um, that I was offering patients that wanted to come to me. It was called uh, Gainesville Total Body Wellness. And um, it was actually about a 22-page report on your nutritional fitness, you know, and looked at all the elements of nutrition as far as your amino acids and vitamins. And I think that's kind of what started driving me, like I could do something more. Um, and that sort of led to me pursuing uh, getting into orthopedics. So I took two separate jobs, two part-time jobs after that and trying to find my way. I just didn't know really what uh, my plan was, but I just was kind of following, you know, where I thought I was supposed to be. And I worked in primary care and I also worked in um, orthopedics. So um, I started doing knee injections for osteoarthritis and sort of fell in love with those patients, uh, just really making a difference in their life. You know, you get people pain free. 
um, to me as a nurse and nurse practitioner, it makes you feel very gratified. And um, I think that's why we go into the healthcare field is to make a difference in people's lives. And to me, that was became a niche. So I can keep going. Uh, I found out about <laughs> platelet-rich plasma. I did a seminar in Orlando, and um, it was at a chiropractor's office that was thinking about bringing in these treatments in their office um, in addition to what they were doing. And um, I just fell in love with it immediately because, you know, platelet-rich plasma basically comes from your own body. It's all natural, and it has healing properties. I mean, it's designed to heal and repair tissue, uh, damaged tissue specifically. And um, it can be used in orthopedics, which is what I was looking at, but it also could be used for other things like aesthetics and sexual health and wellness and um, many other many other things, hair loss. So, you know, I just thought, wow, this is pretty amazing. I brought the treatment and I uh, actually developed my own pre- treatment in a chiropractor's office with using PRP, but he was strictly treating knees and I felt like I really wanted to treat shoulders and other areas of the body and that's, kind of what led my passion to open my own practice was, you know, I really wanted to treat more than just knees. And I was getting amazing results and I was referring my own patients from primary care to myself in the orthopedic world because, you know, there was definitely a need and I can tell you more about that. Okay. I was waiting to see if Mike was going to like glance over at me when you were talking about knees and stuff because oh. I've had this like <laughs> knee, this knee injury going on since, That's right. <laughs> since June, <laughs> playing capture the flag with the kids. Uh, probably need something. Some, some uh, PRP, <laughs> some PRP <laughs> injections. Probably. So I'm really interested. I want to like almost like take it all the way back to the very beginning real quick because you said that your parents like unknowingly you, to you, <laughs> like enrolled you into the, this nursing program. Um, I mean, if that didn't happen, like, do you have, like, did you have anything in mind as to like what you wanted to do? Nope, so they picked it for me. They just did. Yeah, I had no idea. It's like, all right, nurse, like, yep. go. Just like arranged marriage, <laughs> like how old were you at the time? Oh, well, I was a senior in high school, okay. so 17. Did that make you feel awkward or anything like no. you're just kind of like okay I like yeah. go with the flow yep yeah yep. Okay. that's super my interesting. dad was an endodontist so he was very brilliant I mean he um, had his own practice in Miami he was actually um, dual um, certified as an oral pathologist and endodontist so whatever he said I trusted him he he was very smart and I think if they saw something in me that I wasn't seeing in myself um, I just trusted that so real quick what were your hobbies in high school like what did you want to do um, I really didn't have a passion to do something beyond high school. That sounds kind of odd or weird, but I just, I was really kind of living in the moment when I was in high school, and I really wasn't thinking about the future. Um, a lot of my friends were talking about going to a lot of Ivy League schools, and I sort of admired that, but I never felt like that was something I could do. Um, and so um, I thought the school was pretty hard. <laughs> and so I just didn't really see a passion as, as far as that. I, was, I rode horses um, in high school, so that kind of separated me from a lot of the uh, students that I went to school with because I didn't play. I, did, I was a cheerleader a little while, and, and I did some other sports, but really my passion was riding horses and doing three-day eventing here in Gainesville. And, that sort of separated me from my peers a little bit because it's an isolated sport. Um, and so, yeah, it, it was interesting that I didn't really have a drive of what I wanted to do. So I was kind of thankful that they picked something for me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's turned out to be wonderful. And I have a daughter that's a nurse who's amazing. So to be able to pass that on the lineage. Did you sign her up? No. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not. But I think, you know, she, you just either have the gift or you don't. And, and you know, we all have our own special gifts um, that we have to offer to the world. And I think it's great when you find your passion and you find your gift and, and then you can really um, monopolize on that or, you know, pursue that. It gives you some focus, so. So at what point, like, in this that you decided to create your own business? Yeah, I think, you know, when I was first in nursing or for a long time, I mean, it was a job. You know, it's just right. something you do. And the nice thing about nursing is you can jump around different fields and it's not considered a negative thing. Like some jobs, you know, it's kind of a ding on your resume if you do different things, but not with nursing, I don't think. Um, we're kind of unique. So I did kind of try different areas to see where 
where my specialty was. But I think, you know, I like, I think I really wanted to practice nursing the way I felt like it should be practiced. And I was kind of finding that when I was a nurse practitioner working for other people, that, um, you know, working with insurance, it's kind of like very driven. And you have to see about 25 or 30 patients a day. And I really wasn't programmed like that. You know, there's a lot of people that are, that are very, you know, time-oriented and and they can get things done in a short amount of time. But I think as a nurse practitioner, things are a little bit different. Um, And even as a nurse, we really are focused on educating our patients, giving them options, and um, listening to our patients. And that can't happen in 15 minutes. And I quickly realized that, you know, that really wasn't the perfect environment for me, being in a private practice that was definitely profit-based. And um, and so that's kind of what started pushing me to practice nursing the way I want to. And the only way I could do that was to open my own practice. And now I spend at least an hour with every patient that I work with. Wow. So how long had you, how long had it been before you pulled that trigger on, on doing your own thing? Hmm. I mean, I think it was kind of gradually brewing for a while, but um, probably two years, two and a half years when I left the gynecology office and I started working two different part-time jobs trying to figure out where I wanted to land. So what, what year was the business founded? Uh, 2017. So okay. we're actually in our third year. Um, How's it going so far? Awesome. Yeah, it's been amazing because, you know, you start out with zero patients and, you know, now I'm up to like 500 patients um, And where you were able to bridge some of that from yeah, previous some connections? Yeah, people or? that followed me, you know, that really, you know, liked the way that I practice medicine. Um, they like my approach uh, to problems and, you know, a lot of my patients, they become my friends. Um, I care about them. I know about their families. And I think that makes a difference for people when they you know, feel comfortable coming to you and they can pretty much tell you anything and they know it'll be in confidence um, and you're willing to listen and take time with them because that's just gonna come back tenfold you know, all the way around. And so, yeah, I have had people that have been following me for over like 15 years now, which is really a blessing. And and I'm really thankful for that. And they trust me, they know me, they like me, and and they want to stay with me. So, you know, I just opened up some gynecology services. And a lot of my patients that are my former gynecology patients are super excited about that. But, um, you know, I just want to really do the best I can for the people that, that know me. And I think our biggest growth is word of mouth. Um, and that's one of the most powerful ways to grow your business is, you know, somebody knows you and they've had treatments with you and they got better and they recommend you. That That's the most powerful advertising there is. Oh, for sure, no doubt. So t- tell me a little bit about the, I mean, so this transition, I feel like this is a really big transition, right? Going from like being a nurse to owning your own business. I mean, how much, like how do you balance your time you know, are you are you more business owner than practitioner, or <laughs> have you been like, you know, let me hire somebody to handle all the business crap so I can do what I love over here? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I because I feel like I don't know when I look at when I look at my business, there's so much about business that I hate. <laughs> like I just like there's just a, I love being an entrepreneur, but there's so much about business that I absolutely can't stand. So I'm like, all right, who can I like? hand this off to so I don't have to do these things. So I'm just really kind of interested in in the balance once you made that transition. Uh, Maybe you can speak a little bit to that. Absolutely, I mean, it was super scary. Um, I think that it did take a huge leap of faith to leave a secure um, salary job where I had, you know, a set income to not knowing what my income would be. And, I just wanted to know if, if I could do it. And, and just hearing about so many leaders, I can't rattle off all their names, but learning that other leaders have done things and you know maybe it didn't work out, but then they came back and they tried again and that it did work out. And, and I think that, you know, I was like, well, what's the worst that can happen? I fail and I go back to doing what I'm doing, but if I don't ever know and take that leap of faith and try it, I'll think I'll regret it for the rest of my life. And I think there's nothing, 
you know, more freeing than being a business owner as far as you get to decide how hard and how long you want to work and what hours you want to work. You don't have somebody telling you that. Um, although as a business owner, you know, we work really hard <laughs> and we put in a lot of hours that um, we don't get compensated for. But I feel like it's worth the journey for what we offer in our practice, um, in our community, that it's needed. Like, I need to do this. And um, I know that if it's the right fit for Gainesville, it's going to succeed. And so far, every year, we have done better and better and better. My accountant's always like, man, you're just killing it. And I can't even believe it. And, you know, in, in your first year or two years of, of business, you know, that you're doing so well. Most places, you know, take a loss initially. And and I think it's because I was so conservative going in. I got a really small space. I had, you know, myself as the doing the treatments. And then I had one other um, office worker um, who is like my office manager who does everything in the business. So basically we really just limited our costs starting out as little as possible. And so that way, you know, we didn't start out with gangbusters and big expensive rent and lots of employees and uh, payroll. But you're right. Like we first started out doing our own QuickBooks, which I quickly learned like <laughs> this is a nightmare and I'm not an accountant. And, you know, so I you knew, handed, well, you handed it off. I mean, you've had the business since 2017, so you've already handed that off. Yes. Okay. So it took me ten Much years. It took did, me yeah. ten years. Oh, to hand, yeah. Hand that no. Off. After two years or a year, my CPA telling me, you know, your books are this or that. You know, I was like, okay, we've got to get a professional here. So yeah. you know, you can't do everything. Although I do do a lot. So I think you know, a healthy balance that I'm shooting for is um, 40% procedures, 60%. Uh, administration of the business and running the business. Um, right now, I'm 100% in both roles, so that's really tough and time-consuming. But I think I'm excited because I've just started working and contracting a CFO to help me really look at the future, um, who I need to hire, and so we're looking at hiring more help to help me do the treatments, so that will free me up to do more of the business. Um, but yeah, it's a big animal when you start out by yourself and, you know, not knowing who to call or who to hire. Um, I think as far as marketing, I've done like every uh, venue possible. <laughs> um, and so how, really many team, how many team members do you have? Right now I have um, two part-time secretaries. So they work four days a week and they split two days each. And then I have an um, office manager and myself. And I have an RN that works one day a week, but... I'm gonna replace her um, with a nurse practitioner. I think that can help me with some of the treatments. So uh, we're growing and expanding, she, and that's kind of exciting. Does she know that? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. No, no, no. Like, no. gonna be super awkward. No, no. <laughs> no, we've had a conversation. I mean, I wanted her to work more hours, actually, to help me, and she just couldn't give that because she has another job. And so, no, she's great. Um, Bringing those first people in, are you like, you know, I like look back at our time, the early days. It's like I'm like recruiting like friends and that yes. kind of thing. Is that yes. what is that the stage? It's like, hey, yep. friends, like who hey. wants to come work for my business? <laughs> I would say all everybody that's worked for me um, has been in my chair as a patient or okay. as a friend. <laughs> hey, you know, but that's really good though. You know, it's so funny because one of the things that we often do here at the scooter dealership is when we're actually when we put out notices like, hey, we're hiring, the first the first thing we do is send a newsletter to our customers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and the reason we do that is because it's like they've been on the other side of the counter. They know exactly the kind of customer service we're gonna provide. They know what we expect from our team. You know what I mean? And so they've, they've already been through it from the customer side, so it's easy to get them on board when they're a team member. So I think it's great. Yeah, so we're super excited um, as far as the growth. I just wanna make sure we do it in a smart way, especially coming out of COVID. Um, we wanna make sure we make good decisions and. You know, if if another shutdown happens, which, you know, is always possible, this is a very volatile environment we're in. So, you know, all of us don't know what to expect next. Um, did you have to close up shop for a little bit? We did. We actually shut down for two weeks completely, you know, when everything kind of was a little uncertain. Um, I didn't know if we were allowed to be open. Um, and so once I was validated that a lot of our treatments, especially for joint pain, is medically necessary. I mean, we can't have people just walking around in pain and suffering and actually 
it was kind of a good time for a lot of people to seek some of these treatments because they were home and they were, you know, down from doing their normal activities. So um, for us, it really worked out. We also do hormone management for men and women. And, you know, we can't have people not having the hormone treatments. So we actually did really well. But we um, we did shut down for two weeks to just try to develop, like, what's our policy and procedures going to be? How can we ensure the safety of our staff and our patients and make them feel comfortable? And um, because we're small, it's really nice because we already were social distancing. Um, I mean, our waiting room holds maybe, you know, two to three people. Uh, we don't make our patients wait, so they're taken almost immediately at their appointment time back to their rooms. So we don't really have like a whole congregation of people hanging around. Um, everybody's pretty much socially distanced, and we just asked, you know, if you're with your loved one, you either go back in the room with them or you wait outside, you know. But um, so I, I think that our patients feel really comfortable. I mean, I have some definitely elderly patients that came and got treatments during that time, and, and I just thank them for, you know, coming out and, and staying with us and or seeing us. And I gave them the option to do telemedicine visits, you know, but uh, we want to make sure people feel safe. Was that something that you were already doing or was that a pivot that you made specifically? No, we okay. already were doing that and, and we'll continue to operate in that manner, you know, where people are separated, that they aren't going to be in close contact with each other. And I think that's an advantage of a small business is you can pivot a little bit quicker um, and you can make changes quicker. Um, internally to kind of meet the needs of the environment and the people that you're servicing. Mm. Good. So I want to ask a question and I'm trying to, I've been asking it five different times in my mind. I want to make sure it comes across the right way. I'm not like, you're, you're a professional and I'm not trying to be like he, he immature, but like you talk about treating friends and stuff like that and, and issues like sexual wellness and stuff. Does that ever become awkward that, you know, you know, like that you're in that personal space? Is it something that you would rather do? Do they seek you out because there's comfort with you? Like how, how does that whole dynamic work? I think it works both ways. I mean, um, because I did urology, which, you know, I, did prostate exams and um, and wellness exams for men and women um, in that scenario. Um, you know, I think people started to learn and respect me as a provider. Um, although you don't see a lot of female urologists, uh, they are out there, and I think it's becoming more acceptable, just like it is, um, you know, now women used to only go to male gynecologists, now they go to female gynecologists. And, um, I think being a health professional, people are able to put that aside as far as the friendship. If they feel comfortable with you and they know you're professional, and of course we follow all HIPAA guidelines, you know, I don't talk about anybody's personal um, treatments or care with anybody, and our staff really upholds that. I mean, we talk about that all the time. It's very easy to get sucked into, oh, did my wife come in today? We are not allowed to say. Um, so we even have a back door. <laughs> um, if people want to sneak out the back door and not be seen coming in and out the front door. And I think we really go above and beyond to make people feel comfortable. Um, and I've never really had an issue with that. And, you know, somebody doesn't want me to do their gynecology exam, I mean, that's fine. I respect that, you know, I want people to feel comfortable and if, I've never had an issue with that. If they're like your friend though, are they like taking random, you know, they take pictures of, you know, I'm thinking of my knee, I'm like, hey, <laughs> you know, is this something I should be worried about? Or, you know, I mean, that that boundary, right? Like the boundary of like, hey, this is like office time. You know, that's something that's become up a few times is boundaries, right. um, you know, I guess that's what I'm asking is okay. like, how do you like really maintain this balance of like, you know what, this is like office time stuff. <laughs> this is like personal friendship stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Don't text me with that or don't message me with that. Or I mean, do, or do you just help them? Like, oh yeah, or do you just help them? Like what's, oh, the, what's well, the I mean, protocol? I had an incident on the way over here, not an incident, but I mean the same kind of scenario. And I think it depends on what it is. You know, I have somebody that I'm working with um, that's a really good friend and also a patient. Um, and I ordered some imaging for her and she was texting me about, you know, did it come back? You know, this is after hours and mm -hmm. will you, you know, email it to me? And I'm, I'm fine with that. I think um, it's more um, when it becomes uh, more like, can you call on a prescription for me? And it's mm -hmm. after hours. I think that's a little inappropriate. And so it is hard to set boundaries, especially with friends. 
um, because they do have my cell phone number and it's really easy for them to text me. But I think they respect me in the same way. And sometimes I'll just say, can you just call the office? Because what I find happens is that things start falling between the cracks. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'll tell them is, you know, if you go through me on my text, I might forget, you know, come the next day. But if you go through the office, they're gonna send me a task message, which is on my computer, and I actually have to sign off on it and do it. Um, so it's a lot less likely that, you know, I'm gonna forget to call in your prescription or order your MRI or, you know, whatever it is they need. So my staff is pretty protective of me there and uh, I'm trying to get better, but you're right, it, it becomes a little bit of a fine line. Yeah. So what's the biggest, you know, what's the biggest lesson that you've learned in three years of ownership? Hmm. That I don't know everything. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot to learn. Um, and I think surrounding yourself with really good people that you know, like, and trust um, that have your same mission and vision that you do, uh, that passion and that drive to really, you know, make the business successful. We're all in it together. And I really believe that the employees that we have feel that way. And that's what makes them nervous about, you know, trying to hire in new people. Mm -hmm. Even though I need help, it's just, are they gonna have that passion? Are they gonna have that drive? Are they gonna wanna see, you know, the same vision that we see um, for our patients and develop relationships? Because, you know, we are very close to our patients and I think they come to us because of that. Yeah. As I was looking at your, your pamphlet that you gave us, there's a, um, you know, soften facial wrinkles and lines, feel and look younger. And that, that's, that part at the end, feel and look younger, kind of struck something in me. Uh, do you only, do you find that people only go for those services if they say feel and look older to themselves? Or like, is there a certain kind of maintenance? Like if you're a 20 to 30 year old person that wants to make sure that you don't develop wrinkles, I mean, is it something that people are being proactive about or is it wait until you look and feel old and then do something about Mike's it? Mike's genuinely concerned. Hey, I'm here. all about the proactive. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't look at it. It's all about being proactive. Well, I definitely uh. think the, um, the younger generation, you know, as far as the 20s um, to 30s group is very more proactive in especially seeking out um, Botox or fillers, things like that. Um, but I do treat some women. I had a woman in my office today, 82. You know, she's interested in looking a little bit better. And maybe and I told her, you know, we can offer you some things. Um, as far as filler or Botox and vampire facial, which is microneedling and getting the skin looking really healthy on her face. But she, um, I said, or you can, you know, opt to do surgery, and, you know, and I lay it all out for them, I lay out the cost, and I said, the choice is yours, depends on how much you wanna do. But, you know, when you've been eight, when you're 80, you know, it's really hard um, to get them to look um, a lot younger, whereas if you do more maintenance and you prevent the wrinkles from coming in, um, then you're gonna look a lot younger as you age. So I see men and women, they're both interested in, in looking as good as they can. And then when they're in there for Botox, they might mention their knee. And I'll say, well, you know, I treat that too. Um, so I pretty much uh, cross-reference my own services. And so really I've kind of got a little cocoon of patients that just see me for everything. Um, they can get their wellness exam. I do treat some men um, that are pretty straightforward with hypertension maybe, or maybe a little high cholesterol. They don't have a primary care doctor, so they do the hormone uh, testosterone bioidentical therapy with me. Um, and of course, I'm just not gonna treat the hormones and forget the blood pressure. Um, that just wouldn't be ethical in my mind. So and they're not gonna go see another doctor, most likely, I can just tell. And so I will just go ahead and treat their blood pressure. Um, unless you know it becomes more complicated, then I will um, farm that out maybe to a cardiologist. If they start getting on two or three blood pressure medicines, I'm like, okay, I think you need to see a specialist. But if it's something you know, where one med will take care of it and I can monitor it for them, I think they're really appreciative of that. And, then they know me by then, I'm doing their pellets, so <laughs> we get kind of close in that, in, that, um, in that treatment, so, cause that's in the uh, subcutaneous uh, part of the booty. I put little pellets in there, testosterone pellets. <laughs> so, you know, I've already seen their booty and so they're pretty comfortable with me by that point. <laughs> um, but we really are changing lives in our practice. So we are, 
helping people get out of pain, uh, like joint pain. Um, a lot of the men are really interested in the testosterone replacement therapy to help them feel their best. Um, there's a lot of men that are in their 30s and 40s that are suffering from low testosterone. They just don't know it. Um, and so we do blood work on them and, you know, it really does change their life. I mean, they just thank me every single day. Like you've made such a huge difference. You know, you've given my life back. I'm able to go back to the gym. I'm able to start running again. So I've heard you mention men more often than I thought I would in this. I mean, so what's your like, like what are, what is the percentage of demographics, men to female? I would like say what, definitely what? more females, but I think the men are starting to learn about these type of treatments. You know, I would say that injectable testosterone is more popular in men, um, but we do know that there's some risks associated with that and that the testosterone pellet therapy um, is actually uh, probably a better alternative for them to keep their testosterone levels more even um, and it's actually a twice a year treatment. So I don't think that they know that this is available and so it's nice to be on this show to help explain that we have some of these treatments that aren't what I would call traditional treatments. When I worked in primary care, you know, men would ask about getting their testosterone levels checked and honestly, I would go to the supervising doctor I was working with at the time and I'm like, what testosterone levels are we looking for? How do we treat it? And you know, there's just a lot of uncertainty in the medical community about how to treat testosterone in men. Um, For women, you know, I did gynecology for eight years and so I was very comfortable treating hormones in women, but I wasn't uh, wasn't really treating men. And so when I um, found out about this group called BioT that's out of Texas, um, they actually do personalized dosing with testosterone um, based on blood work, age, and weight. And, um, and basically, the, it's like an algorithm, a computerized program where I put all this information and it tells me what dose to give that person. Um, and it's awesome because I don't have to try to figure it out. Um, and then we start with that and we do blood work in four to six weeks after their treatment. We're able to see their levels. I assess how they're feeling. And um, you know, I fe- like I said, I've treated many men in their 30s that didn't even know what was wrong with them. Um, but it can lead to depression and fatigue, um, insomnia, which is trouble sleeping, uh, low libido, um, which is low sex drive. And so they're suffering from all these things and they don't even know it. Um, and then usually the men are feeling really great. And so they'll get their wives or girlfriends in <laughs> and say, hey, I think you should check out Wendy's services. And <laughs> so I, I do treat a lot of couples. And so the men will refer the females in, the females will refer the men in. It's that word of uh, mouth that you were talking about yeah. earlier. So it's, like, hey, you know, honey. it's really great. And then we do offer some of the other treatments um, that go along with that, um, which I'd love to talk about on another show, but <laughs> which is you know um, the P shot and the O shot, which also helps with um, uh, sexual health for men and women, which are non-traditional treatments, but they're trademark procedures that I've learned, um, and I'm like one of the first uh, providers to bring that here in Gainesville, uh, and it's using platelet-rich plasma, so it's all natural treatments. So, um, and what does that do? I, mean, uh, I know. I know. Like you say, there's so many different aspects to what you do. Yeah. Like, I think, now, now you piqued my curiosity, so okay, I might as well keep okay. going down this road. Yeah. So um, the P shot stands for uh, the Priapus shot. Um, Dr. Charles Reynolds was actually the inventor of that, and um, it's basically using platelet-rich plasma to anywhere we inject PRP or platelet-rich plasma. Um, it's going to increase blood flow. It's going to improve nerve sensitivity. And it's also gonna stimulate natural collagen. So, um, for example, for the men, um, this treatment can help with erections. Um, It can treat a condition called Peyronie's disease. And um, so, yes, it's a shot that goes in the penis. (laughs) But it's, uh, it it can Bet you didn't know that was gonna be on the podcast on episode 119, (laughs) did you, buddy? (laughs) Not quite. we have we we have yeah, surprises for everybody. Yeah, so I told you I was shy. She brought free shy. samples too. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I told I'll you I'm you, not shy. I'll let, I'll let you handle that one there, buddy. But uh. we also offer something similar for females um, to help with sexual health. Um, 
so it can also improve orgasm for females, um, lubrication, sensitivity. So in conjunction with the hormones, I've seen that those treatments have really um, been very beneficial for my patients as far as improving that area of their life. And it is hard to advertise that or, you know, sometimes that's a hard one, word of mouth. You know, you don't really want to go around to your buddy saying you got a pee shot, maybe, or maybe you do. Yeah, so how do you market it? Word of mouth. Yeah, Or when is. they're in there getting hormones, we talk about it. Um, so usually they'll develop a comfort level with me about that. You know, females are a little bit... So it's bit, usually like they're in for or something, something else, and then this is like an upsell or like an add-on is what we would call in the retail well, world. Well, we but do like, a hormone assessment sheet for them okay. and, and um, some of these questions are involved with that and so we do address that. Mm-hmm. So Okay, so throwing it back to like the testosterone stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you said things like insomnia, like the, you know, people don't realize, that, like I'm just thinking like when, how do you know, I mean, is it, it's because of the tests? Like how do you know I mean, straight up, I've got some, like, I never sleep. I got so much insomnia, you know what I mean? So when you're like, (laughs) when I'm like hearing these types of things, how do you know it's related to, I guess, the lack of testosterone? I don't think you would know until you do a blood test. And so that's where we start with our patients. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So we start with a blood test and then I go over all the results with them. And then based on that, um, we have a conversation about what the treatment options are. Um, And so I can also prescribe medications. Um, to help with some certain things. But, you know, I think that when it comes to insomnia, you want to really treat the root cause, again, of the problem, you know, and if it's a testosterone deficiency, um, then we definitely talk about that. But I really try to stay away from sleep meds as much as possible. So the CBD drops, um, I think, would be something that I would recommend. We just ordered in a sleep aid that's a natural supplement um, that, isn't available, you know, in the GNC or other stores here in town. So we do have access to a lot of um, natural alternatives, and we do prescribe, or I do prescribe medications for some things. But I really try to limit it to, you know, what's only medically necessary. Um, so that's kind of how I approach health problems: is I try to find a more natural solution, and then we move to medications if needed. But yeah, I'd love to talk about our <laughs> joint injections because that's really, you know, one of the things that drove this this business was treating people naturally. So you mentioned maybe you have some knee issues, but, you know, I would see people come into me in primary care that were in their 40s or 50s um, doing CrossFit uh, or other, you know, playing, what is it called, the Frisbee game, uh, you know, just trying, yeah, just trying to be active on the weekends Ultimate or whatever Frisbee. and developing, you know, knee pain or uh, shoulder pain and um, elbow pain, other things like that. And um, there really wasn't a lot of um, natural treatments or other treatments besides steroid injections or go see the orthopedist, you know, or go to physical therapy or just ice it and rest it, you know. And, and to me, that wasn't good enough. I felt like... Um, when I learned about platelet-rich plasma, I'm like, well, you can inject that anywhere and you can make tissue and heal pain uh, naturally and with little downtime. So this was very, um, became very popular with the um, elite athletes like Tiger Woods has had PRP in his knees multiple times. Steph Curry also for um, torn ligaments in his knee. Um, uh, Tanaka for UCL or elbow um, overstrain or or tears so it's amazing because you know surgery isn't going to always fix a tear and you may not get surgery if it's just a partial tear they're going to recommend you know rehab usually the orthopedics will Um, so this actually will go in and stimulate new collagen and um, what we call connective tissue which will help strengthen those tendons and actually heal and repair them permanently and so it can be a permanent fix to pain um, and it also can help slow down the progression of arthritis. So uh, that is really, you know, what's driven this practice. Yes, I do these other treatments um, because I feel like it's a part of overall health and wellness. But getting people out of pain is very important. Sorry, I was going to say, how long has the United States been able to perform the PRP injections? Because I remember when I first heard about it, I think it was Kobe Bryant. Um, it might have been, but they had to go to Italy to get them uh, because they weren't being, or maybe it was FDA, or you, you could speak to that, but like they couldn't do them here. Correct. It wasn't that we couldn't do them. I think that people just didn't really know about them or know how to do them. 
Um, so they would have to fly out of the country. Um, you have to remember this is a procedure, so it's not a medication, so it's never going to be FDA approved. I do get that question a lot. Is this FDA approved or covered by insurance? You know, this is a treatment. And so um, I would say not all PRP is created equal. So um, it is becoming more popular, more mainstream, because more people have learned about it and are able to perform it. And I was one of the first providers to bring it here to Gainesville because I just saw the need, you know, with my own patients in private practice working in primary care. I mean, I would shoot a steroid in the knee and then it was gone in three weeks. And then what do you have to offer that patient? But uh, just, you know, go do physical therapy. Um, And so when I had this, I just became like super excited to be able to offer it. And it's really not... um, very difficult, but you do have to have the right equipment. You have to have, I've done thousands and thousands of dollars worth of training with the top experts in the country to learn about how to do PRP correctly. Um, so some places, you know, I would say may not be following the same protocols I follow, um, which are very standardized. And, um, and I also use what's called uh, ultrasound guided joint injections. So I train with Dr. Clark, who's a world leading expert in ultrasound guided um, injections for musculoskeletal injuries. So I've trained, you know, right alongside the physicians. And I think sometimes people might question that, oh, you're a nurse practitioner, you're not a doctor. Um, But I have the same training as far as PRP is concerned, as most physicians, maybe even more. Um, And so I think it's my technique. Um, I do a lot of specialized Treatments uh, when I do a joint injection that are, I would say, pretty much my secret that I'm not going to share. But um, I do basically not just treat the joint, but I treat all the tendons and ligaments around the joint to make them healthier and stronger. And um, and that comes from just years of training in different modalities um, and training with different experts. So the American Association of Osteopathic Medicine, and I'm also certified to do prolotherapy, which is another type of treatment, which is not as expensive as PRP and a great way to start out. Like, you know, if you just got a little, um, maybe UCL, uh, like an elbow or medial lateral um, tendonitis, works great for that costs 150 bucks you come in you know you get pain-free and um and I just treated a gentleman I had injected um what's called placental tissue matrix in his knee he wanted to be able to play golf and with COVID he was getting to play a lot more golf you know and and then he was having this knee pain and so we treated him and he's doing really well he's like almost 90 percent better at, at he's about eight weeks out from his treatment but um has a little bit of what I would call patellar pain. That's pain in the front of the knee. So I brought him in today and we did a little prolotherapy, which is just a mixture of dextrose and lidocaine. Um, very inexpensive treatment. And I bet you that will get him pretty much all the way 100% pain-free. So, you know, I think what I do is a little bit above and beyond what um, some people might offer. And um, all the equipment that we use is FDA approved. It's designed to make PRP. So this isn't just a regular you know, lab centrifuge that I'm drawing your blood and putting it in. Right. This is all sterile equipment. It's designed to make PRP. And then we're able to concentrate um, the plasma, you know, your own platelets five to six times above normal. Um, some places are only getting like one and a half or two. So the outcomes and the success of my treatments are really, I think, based on uh, a lot of different factors. It has to do with my training. It has to do with my injection technique. It has to use, you know, it comes down to me using ultrasound and guiding this treatment exactly where it needs to go. I can see the tear on ultrasound. And then I can watch the needle go right into that area and then inject the plasma right into the tear. Um, so it's pretty awesome. I, I just, I think it's the coolest thing. So did you say it's like a one-time treatment or? Sometimes like it is. You mm-hmm. have to go back multiple times. It depends on what treatment and what the problem is. So, okay. you know, I usually let you know that up front. Like, I think this might be a one and done. Um, with the, my placental tissue matrix, which comes from placental s- cells, um, uh, it's actually like proteins that are extracted from the placenta. Um, it comes from a biologic company called BioRenew, and um, it's 
it's like PRP on steroids. <laughs> I was about to ask how you get donors for that, but I don't. I don't deal with that. I mean, that's the biologic company's job is to you know harvest it and they sterilize it, and it's all FDA um, regulated. So you know, when people say, "Is this FDA approved?" I say. You know, PRP is a procedure, so it comes from your own blood, so there's no approval process with that, except for the equipment that we use. But like with placental tissue matrix that comes from another donor, um, you know, that is regulated by the FDA, so there's sterility that goes involved with that. But I will say I am the only one in town that has this product, um, or probably anyone in the in this North Central Florida or maybe even all of Florida um, because I learned about this product in California with my training training with the top orthopedic surgeons that you know have athletes fly in from all over the country for this particular treatment that we have right here in Gainesville that people don't know about. I mean it's really a gold mine in the sense of getting people back within a matter of three to seven days you know running five to ten miles you know so it's great for like marathon runners that don't want to take time off I so, treat jockeys from Ocala that, you know, ride 10 horses a day and they can only take three days off and, you know, their knee looks huge, it's swollen, it's got all this fluid on it and to be able to get people like that pain-free is is just, it's amazing. Yeah, so for, like from the business side of it though, like, I mean, you just recognized that opportunity and, and jumped on it? Absolutely. Like why didn't anybody else? I don't know. I mean, I saw an opportunity to bring something to Gainesville that, that wasn't there. That wasn't here. And I was a little bit ahead of the game, so that made it a little bit of a slow start. And that's kind of why I brought was in Was it something this. that was on your radar? Like, cause I'm always fascinated by entrepreneurs who know what's coming right around the corner. Well, There's when like, I learned about it, I knew this was gonna be big. I know that PRP is going to be huge. It already is huge in Miami and Orlando. So any of you, any of the big cities, this is pretty common. Um, I think because this is a cash-based business, though, people really need to take caution of mm. who they go to, because you know there there can be corners that are cut, which is going to sacrifice um, outcomes. And so, um, you know, I met a gentleman on the phone, and he said he got. Um, he got a procedure down in Orlando for like $75. I don't even offer anything for $75. But I said, well, how'd that work out for you? He goes, well, I think I need another one. I'm like, well, exactly. You know, if you don't use the right equipment, you don't go to somebody who is reputable. Yeah, but how um, does the normal everyday person like me know, right? Right. Between you and the person in Orlando. And that's where the word of mouth comes in, I think. You know, and you go to people you know, like, and trust. Um, And I think developing relationship um, like this, you know, you, now you know me, and so you might tell your friends that, hey, there's this, this person that does this right here in town. I just learn, I go around and I do a lot of talks for the physical therapists here in Gainesville. Um, I love to do talks, I love to educate, because they don't even know that it's available, but I'm sending my patients to them after treatment, and so they've gotta know, you know, how these treatments work, and how these patients are gonna recover, and how they're gonna respond to treatment. Um, but you're right. I think it's only going to gain in popularity. I just sort of had to wait out, you know, the time. And then the beauty of it is that I'm already an expert. By the time people have found out about it, I'm three years in, you know, with all this experience. And I have a lot of data. So that doesn't worry support. you at all with more and more more competition. No, it doesn't. Market. Because I think if you know that you're one of the best, you don't worry about competition. Um I know what I'm doing is the right thing, and I know um, my patients know it. And um, you can look at our Google reviews. I mean, we're up to about 78, I think, five-star reviews. So if you just go to our Google website, um, you can read what the patients have to say. You know, I don't pay them to do that. <laughs> um, they're writing their testimonials, and, and I always ask them, you know, they come to me and they say, you know, you've you've given me my life back, I'm able to play with my grandchildren, uh, you saved me from having a knee replacement surgery. Yeah, it's super rewarding. Or, yeah, it's very rewarding, and I'm like, well, would you mind just you know, letting the other people mm-hmm. know about this? Would you write us a little review? And, and I had one 80-year-old one gentleman uh, write a whole letter. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and he was the biggest skeptic starting out. You know, He came to see me almost like a year earlier, and he was signed up to do a knee replacement. His son was a doctor, and um, he's like, well, I don't believe that this is gonna work for me. And I said, well, 
you know, what other options do you have? You know, you can go on and do surgery or you can try this first because if this works, that's going to save you from having, you know, potential complications from surgery and things like that. So, so um, he's been a really... Letter, a letter afterwards, as a review. Yeah, afterwards he was just, you know, he was like, I was wrong, you know, I, I, I didn't trust her in the beginning and he said, but after the treatment, um, I knew it was the real deal and he went back to his orthopedic doctor actually and and even before he had treatment, he told his doctor he wanted to do this and the doctor actually gave him the blessing, you should try it, you know, go ahead. You don't have anything to lose but money. <laughs> how how and, about real quick on a practical application on the Google business, you know, Google review side? Like, I always find it super difficult to get people to leave good reviews. It's like any, you know, in the world that we live in today. So you don't you know, have to try to get a bad one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you, you certainly don't have to do anything to get a bad one. Like people, if you make somebody angry, they're going straight there, right? Sure. They're not. They're not even like coming to you to give you an opportunity to fix it anymore. Like half the stuff, half the problems I find out about are are like from a Google review and then I have to reach out to a person, hey, what happened? And like, did you ever consider asking to speak to a manager? You know, they, they, that's just out the window these days, right? But I find it very difficult as a business owner to actually get people to take the time to leave a Google review. And I just, you know, we ask, we say, hey, you know, people are like, oh my gosh, the experience was so great. Hey, that's so awesome to hear. Would you mind like leaving a Google review and telling others to, you know about your experience here because that really helps us bring in new business i mean is that is that what you're doing or is it just or, you know is there anything else that helps kind of get people to actually take the initiative to leave a review yeah that's a great um question and i have a good answer for you good so we had like little cards made up initially you know how did we do you know would you please leave us a review if you were ha you know if you were, you weren't, I mean, it doesn't matter, but I mean, just leave us some feedback. And um, we couldn't get people to really do that. I mean, some people did, but it was cumbersome. Um, so I learned um, from a chiropractor's office that I went to, uh, as soon as I walked out the door, it was like, bam, on my cell phone, you know, how did I do? And it was like super easy, it was like five stars there, and I just clicked that, and I was like, I was just super happy with my service. So I think making it really easy for your customers to leave a review is the key. Um, if they have to hunt down or try to figure out how to leave the review, um, and for some people it's cumbersome, they don't know how to go to Google and, and then click on the link. So we found out about a company called Doctable, uh, D-O-C-T-I-B-L-E. Um, and um, basically I pay that company a certain amount a month. And um, so every patient that leaves uh, gets either an email or text of their whatever their preference is, how did we do today? Um, and so I will ask them when they're back there and they're telling me how awesome they feel and how thankful they are. I said, hey, would you mind, you know, we're gonna give you a little, a little text after you leave. Would you mind just, even just give us stars um, and rate us. You don't have to leave a review because some people are like, I don't know what to say. Um, I don't wanna, you know, leave my name or whatever. So most people don't care about that unless it's, pea shot or something but um, <laughs> I just had this awesome pea shot it was an injection right into my penis and <laughs> but um five but, stars all the way yeah but I actually do have a testimony on my website I have a whole testimony on my website yeah. about it Okay. Yeah, so you can just hey, um, they'll go to the website and I'm like Mike's gonna, gonna go get the pee shot. He's gonna leave you a five star <laughs> review, aren't you, buddy? <laughs> He's like, oh, I'll try anything once. I guess I don't know. Uh, I think finding yeah. the tools that make it easy for your your um, customers to leave reviews is the key. It's key. Because mm -hmm. we went from like thirty or thirty eight maybe, and we're up to like seventy eight in a couple months. So cool. I think that is that's good. Key, I mean, that's, you know, just trying awesome. to learn these little tricks that yeah. that will help grow your business. So right. we know that's important for Google. I think it's super valuable to our business audience yeah. because it's something that gets brought up and, often. And as, people do look at those. You know, yeah. I know no, for sure. No I, doubt. Now I'm shocked when I pull up a business and I see one review. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, forget it. Makes it. you think twice, right? Yeah. So you have all five star reviews. Yeah. Okay, I'm just gonna prepare you. Like, I got one negative one, one negative one, and it's taken me probably 
two and a half years to get rid of that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I don't know why Google... Prepare the heart for like the first time you get a four-star review and you're like, why wasn't it five? I don't understand. No, no. I mean, I I am realistic in that that sense and I never tell people, you know, how to rate us. Um, I took it, I mean, the thing is, as business owners, you take it so personally. You do. Like, you take it so personally. You You just keep providing awesome service and if you know, you know, your customer services amazing, which I can just already tell you guys are just by your personalities. Um, I I just think that, you know, you won't get really those negative reviews. And and I think trying to head that off, you know, if you can tell somebody's not happy, like trying to figure out what it is or why. Um, I think and, it's just important to know when somebody's not happy. Right? And I, I think, that that's the hard part of 20, you know, the year that we live in now, you know, it's just people, people just like, if they have a problem, they're, they'd rather get on Facebook and just tell the entire world their problem versus actually calling the place and saying, hey, my experience didn't go quite well today. Do you mind if I speak to the manager? That just doesn't happen anymore. Right. Yeah. So that's the problem I have with it. That's just personal. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do sort of weed out um, my customers in the sense that Which I also think is super important. Yeah, I mean, I think when you're first in business, you will take kind of anybody that comes comes your way, you know, that's gonna pay you. Uh, I'll just be honest and realistic about that. I mean, that was me. Um, But now I think once you become more established, you can sort of interview your clients just like they're interviewing you. And and I can start to tell now, like if I don't think it's gonna be a good fit or they don't think it's gonna work, you know, I mean, the mind is super powerful. And when they start thinking that, I don't think this is gonna work for me, and I'm like, well, you know, this might not be the treatment option for you then, you know, you might wanna go on and do surgery. And if you're really believing that that's gonna make the difference for you. And, and I don't let that hurt my feelings because my job is to educate people about the treatment options available. Right. It's, and if they wanna to come to me and they wanna get treatment, great. If they decide to go do something else, I don't take that personal either. But it, I can start to tell now, like if I think it's a good fit for our practice and I think that or if I think that there's gonna be issues. And if there is, I just, I, I have the authority and the ability to say, you know what, I don't, I don't think that this is gonna be a good fit for you and, and I think you should look at other options. And I think that comes just with time, being yeah. in practice and feeling really confident in yourself, knowing yeah. that what you do um, is valuable, but everybody may not believe in it and there's not everybody that might wanna do that. It's good, I can tell that you've, it's amazing to me just from hearing you speak and only being in business for three years. Mm-hmm. You know, like I know that a lot of you've, you've observed, you know, practicing, you know, being a practitioner in other people's businesses and that kind of thing, but you know, it's it's very obvious that you know what you're doing, which is really cool, so. Yeah, the hard part is not doing the treatments, it's running the business. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, I could completely empathize with that part. Did you learn like, all you wanted to learn? Oh, dude, I thought it was you fantastic. Book, book your appointment. I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> well, why don't you wrap us up? You got any last questions? Uh, I did have one. It sounds like if I was can just read read between the lines, it sounds like most of this is out of pocket expenses. Like this is not something that major medical insurance covers or anything like that outside of like uh, you know gynecology exams or anything like that. Maybe correct. We don't take any insurance. Um, I say that we don't work for the pimp. Um, But, you know, I think... I love it, by the way. I just, I want to practice medicine the way I feel like it should be practiced. And the people that come to me, that's what they're looking for. Um, They're looking for treatment options. Um, Surgery can be really expensive. And I think some people get so focused on, oh, it's not covered by insurance, it's not for me. But, you know, sometimes things through insurance are going to cost you more than it would out of pocket. And we have financing available through care credit, um, I think our pricing is extremely um, competitive, uh, so we don't price gouge or upsell anything that we do. Um, actually, I think, if anything, we probably undercharge for some of the services that we offer. But, um, you know, I think it's, it's, it's not hindered us uh, in today's world. And I did worry about that, mm-hmm. you know, with COVID, and I'd always kind of feared, like, what would happen to us in a recession. Um, and. Now I kind of come through that thinking that, you know, I think we would be okay. So can you share what a what a basic range of costs for like a 
platement injection would be? Yeah, I would just talk about joints um, for right now. And uh, so like for a knee PRP injection, it runs 700, which is right in along with what Shans is charging. And I think the Orthopedic Institute as well. Um, so we're very um, in line with with what you're gonna do, but I would say what sets us apart is the ease of scheduling. So most of the patients can come into me within two weeks and get their treatment probably within that two weeks as well. Um, you don't have to have MRIs or other things to come in and see me and get treated. I'm able to look at it with ultrasound and if I think an MRI is needed, I can order it. So I think we would just really streamline the process for people and and I think that is worth you know sometimes paying a little bit out of pocket to get that one-on-one -on -one personalized um, treatment. Cool. Super interesting stuff. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, please, why don't you tell our audience where they can connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. Well, our website is a wealth of information. Um, we have all of our services listed on there and explanations and testimonials. So that's where I would say if you're interested in learning more about what we do, I would go to prpregen.com. That's prpregen.com. Um, and also calling our office for an appointment, 352-260-4061, or looking us up at PRP Regeneration Specialists. And we're also on Facebook and Twitter, and we do some Instagram. Awesome. And uh, you guys, I gotta like let you know that you know this is the first time we're meeting. Right, we've never met each other before, and I'm not even sure if this interview would have happened if it hadn't been for a nomination. And one of the things that we tell everybody is like, if you know somebody that you think would be fantastic for our show, and you know, I I have a pretty extensive <laughs> network, which I'm like excited about, especially been in Gainesville for so long. But I love the opportunity to hear about new businesses exactly like this one. So thank you so much for coming on the show. And if you know somebody that needs to be on our show, go to the website and nominate them. Go to whoagnv.com, click the link that says nominate guests and definitely nominate uh, those fantastic businesses out there so we can bring them into the studio and hear their story. Uh, this is fantastic, I, I learned a lot tonight. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, again, everybody remember that this podcast is not possible without our sponsors. So make sure you go visit our sponsors. Um, and if you need to find out all of their information, go to whoagnv.com forward slash sponsors. And uh, we have links to their websites and to all of their info. And those sponsors make the show happen, so please support them. And uh, that's it, you guys. We appreciate appreciate all of you. Make sure to share this with somebody. This is the WHOA GNV podcast. The podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go whoa. Give us your best whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> we will see you later. Bye.